Hey guys, and welcome to the His Beloved of Texas podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Kendra, and we're two Catholic moms with 10 kids between us, living right across the street from one another, living an authentic life, or attempting to, and wanting to invite you into it. So, if you have been Catholic your whole life, or you're not Catholic at all, maybe you're one of our Protestant brothers and sisters, or maybe you've never heard of Jesus before, this is a place for you, and you belong here. God has put this podcast on our hearts, with your heart specifically in mind. We're going to bring you stories of how He has moved, so that you can have hope that He can move in your life too. Hey guys, welcome back. We're so glad you're here. Hey, it's good to see you. <laughs> we are so awkward right now. Okay, so I have to tell you, we had a whole thing planned, and we threw it out the window. You want to tell me? We did, yeah. So the last podcast that we recorded, um, I was given the very wonderful opportunity to share the story of me and Chris, my husband, and how we met, and that long journey leading up to it. And as blessed I am to be able to share that story, it also broke my heart, because I know that there are women, girls out there who won't have the same story, um, whether it be from choices they've made or moments that they couldn't control mm-hmm. and things were stolen from them. And we just want to pour into that today in a deep, beautiful, honest way um, because even though those stories may look different, God's love is all-encompassing, and it's all good, and it's all powerful. And we don't want you to give up Mm-mm. at all. There's no giving up here. So we're going to dive in today um, into a beautiful story of Jesus encountering the woman at the well. We're going to dive into where is Satan, and what is he? What, what's his play in all of this? Um, and how can you tell what's from Satan and what's from God? And um, just empower you to move forward and to step out of those lies and step into his goodness and into his abundance and into his forgiveness and mercy and love and tenderness and let him write your story because he wants to. Sometimes we're the ones that are holding back because we feel the shame that the enemy is just whispering into our ear. Mm -hmm. And I have to admit, the first time I heard Kendra's story, I had that same kind of like, ugh, in my heart because it's not my story. I don't have a story like hers. Mine is more of redemption and of God's mercy and of the fact that no matter how far we fall, he loves us so much and can pick us back up and turn us back around. So we want to just really talk about like how good he is today and how Mm -hmm. he's for you. But before we get there, in typical His Beloved fashion, <laughs> I like how we have like a theme now, how we yes. work things. Um, we want to be a little silly first. And we will tell you, we had a, a podcast for Catherine Whitaker scheduled to go out this week, and the Holy Spirit just said, hold on to that one more week. So you're going to get to hear Catherine, but it's not going to be this week. You're going to get to hear her next week. And what we love to do is follow the Holy Spirit. So that's why we're here today. Yes. But we're going to have a little fun first. We're going to play some Would You Rather. So we have each Googled on our phone a different would you rather. So I don't know what she's going to ask me, and she doesn't know I what I'm going to ask her. I hope you don't ask my questions. Would that be, be funny mad. if we Googled the same thing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start easy for you. Okay. And y'all, y'all answer these too. Um, would you rather your only mode of transportation be a donkey or a giraffe? <laughs> <laughs> wow. A giraffe feels like it would go slow but quickly. Like big, yes. long stuff. That's why I love drives so much. They're so graceful. But how do you get up there? It would be like a slide. <laughs> <laughs> like you get 
Well, I'll tell you what. I feel like I'm so old these days. Going down the slide makes me like want to throw up. So maybe I should pick a donkey because I'm not sure I can handle that excitement. Yeah. Okay, I have an animal question too. Oh. Would you rather have a cat-sized elephant or an elephant-sized cat? <laughs> gosh. Oh my gosh, a cat-sized elephant. That'd be so Isn't cute. Isn't that adorable? And an elephant-sized cat would kill my husband, so let's not do that. Oh yeah, Chris would not <laughs> be okay with that. <laughs> Can you imagine a little tiny elephant? I know. I oh, think we all so need sweet. one of those. We do. Oh, that's sweet. Okay. Um, would you rather only be able to use a fork, no spoon, or only be able to use a spoon, no fork, no spork in it? No sporks. Hmm. I think spoon, because you can't eat soup with a fork. That's true. I like soup. Maybe that wasn't that exciting of a question. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. Okay. Would you rather drink soapy water or like soap or spoiled milk? Oh, <laughs> I've had spoiled milk before. My mom mail mailed me um, homemade brownies my freshman year of college. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, I'm going to put my brownie in a bowl and pour milk over it like brownie cereal. And it was... <laughs> It was spoiled milk. It was disgusting, and it ruined my homemade brownie. That's it was very so sad. sad. Um, but you so still took a bite of it. I did. I learned <laughs> that it was spoiled by eating it. Um, I would rather do soap. Yeah, I think so. At too. least you can blow some bubbles and have some fun. <laughs> it tastes know. bad for a little while, but not as bad. I know. Okay. Would you rather have edible spaghetti hair that regrows every night, <laughs> or sweat maple syrup? Oh, totally spaghetti hair. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? I do not like, yes. That sounds like a Cabbage Patch doll to me. It like does. the kind that you could or kind of tear it grows back. Or the Play-Doh. That's yeah. what it is. Squish it out. And I don't like maple syrup. What? No, I don't. Which is funny because my last name was Maples growing up. Oh, that's funny. And kids called me Megan Maple Syrup all the time. But that's not why I don't like it. I just hate the taste. What do you put on your pancakes? Uh, blueberries. Ah. Oh, mm -hmm. gotcha. And I love honey, though. <gasps> yeah, honey's good. But not maple syrup. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's my turn. Um, oh, this is fun. Would you rather have a camera as eyes or a sound recorder as your ears? Ooh, that's good. That's hard. I'm thinking, what? Which one would be better used as evidence against my children? <laughs> Capture, <laughs> capturing them in the moment, or being able to re-record? You did say this. Ooh, I oh my think gosh, my ears. You're so funny because I thought of it as like, oh, I can videotape my children as they grow up. <laughs> And you're like, your kids I, are the angels. I got you. No. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> My children are wonderful. Okay. Well, so that was fun. That was fun. It was great. Always good getting to know you, Megan. <laughs> My neighbor across the street. So we're going to die. Okay. So I have one more question. It's not a would you rather, Megan, because there's a funny story brewing out there that I think needs to be shared with the whole world. Megan. What have you said recently that's been pretty dumb? <laughs> the dumbest thing the I've dumbest said, thing lately. said lately. Thanks. Okay. So, our dear friends, uh, Paul and Maggie Kim, you know, Korean beatboxer, rapper, Catholic speaker extraordinaire, had awesome a baby. Family. So much fun. We adore them. Had a baby. And I went over to their house to bring them dinner. And they're talking about how the baby's been crying a lot at night. And I said, well, have you heard of this woman on the internet, on Instagram? She does, you know, like tips of how to calm a baby when they're crying and sleep tips and all of that. And I said, so what she says if a baby won't stop crying, I can't even say it. Like, <laughs> I can't even make the words come out of my mouth. She said, 
you know, she says to swaddle the baby and then put their head underwater. <laughs> That's the advice you told them? I told them to drown their baby. <laughs> and I didn't mean that at all. I meant turn on the faucet and let the water drip over the cute little baby head. And Paul's reaction was, yeah, once you put it under the water, the baby gets real quiet. <laughs> No water boarding we, we don't, here. We don't advise that at all. No, no. But yeah, that was probably so the funny. dumbest thing I've said in a long time. That's so funny. Like, See, I would have a story to share, but I don't have my recording earpieces. Yes. <laughs> then you would know so, what yeah, you said. Yeah. You can't think of anything? No, I can't. I don't say dumb things. Yeah. Never. <laughs> never. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's do this. Let's do shall it. Shall we? Yeah. Come Holy Spirit. <sighs> all right, you guys. So, no matter where you are, no, no matter where you fall, what your life has been like, Kendra's story last week touched everyone in a different way. And we got so many wonderful responses from young girls and single women saying, this is exactly the kind of hope I needed. I needed to know that this exists, that this kind of relationship is there, um, and that I can hope for that. And then we got some other responses of, I've already messed up. Mm. It's already been too late. I'm already in a marriage that's not happy. I'm already, um, I've already made these mistakes. I've already been hurt. I've already um, gone too far. And so we really just wanted to reach out to that, to those women. But really, it's for everybody. I mean, every single person mm -hmm. has a place where they feel shame or where they feel alone or they feel the, um, the lies of the devil creep in. And, um, and like I said earlier, for me, when I sat there that day and listened to Kendra's story, I felt that too. Like, I know what it feels like to go, man, I didn't do this the right way. And, um, but that doesn't mean that my story ended there. I mean, God has done such amazing, amazing redemption in my mm -hmm. life and brought me to a place of the feeling of complete forgiveness and love. And he can for you too. And he desires that for you too. He doesn't desire for any of us to live in shame or to live in fear um, and to hold all these things in and just deal with it on our own. He wants us to bring it straight to him. That makes me think of, you know, when we're in those moments of um, listening to those lies, most of the time we're in a place of darkness. Mm -hmm. And just the, the difference of dark and light. Yeah. And the enemy wants us to stay there, wants us to stay there in the dark, stay there in the lies. And the minute we light the slightest candle or open mm -hmm. the door just a little bit to let the faintest bit of light come in, it dispels darkness. Yeah. And light is truth. Light is goodness. Light is God the Father's love. And um, and sometimes that looks like just saying it out loud to someone that you, you can trust, you know, maybe a friend or family member, um, a priest in confession. But just vocalizing it, exhaling and just letting that light be there mm -hmm. is transformative. It is. It makes a huge difference because now the control, it lessens every time. Every mm -hmm. time you say it out loud, the devil loses some control. Yeah. And there was a moment a couple of days ago when Kendra was telling me about these, these messages she was getting and words from dear friends of how the podcast affected them. And I thought, oh, then we shouldn't have said it. You know, like there was a moment there where I thought, I don't want to ever hurt anyone. So maybe we shouldn't have given that talk. And Kendra just barreled right through and was like, no, no, no. We were supposed to give that talk. And now we're supposed to give this talk. This mm -hmm. is where we need to go. Because it doesn't help to hide the light. Like her story is good. 
We need more stories of goodness. And just because the devil uses us to hurt us does not mean we need to stop telling these good stories, right? Absolutely. We just need to shine light in the darkness to show we don't have to live in that shame. Yeah. So I want you to do do me a favor, okay? I am like a retreat leader at heart, so that's just where we're going (laughs) today, y'all. And if you know me, you know I love scripture stories. I love saint stories, and I will tell them to anybody who will listen. And today, that's you. Sorry. Okay, so here we go. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. You just get to hear me. (laughs) And I want you to just, like, take a step, stop for a minute. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. (laughs) But if you're not, maybe just, like, take a minute and listen. And I know you can find yourself somewhere in this story. So... I'm going to tell the story of the woman at the well. And I think we've all heard this story probably. Maybe some of you hadn't. If you haven't, fantastic. It's a good time to hear it. Um, But maybe we don't always stop and really put ourselves in her place. We don't stop and really think about what was going on around and what it means. So um, she's from Samaria. And Samaria is a place that was, it was the wrong side of the tracks. It was a place that that the Israelites did not go to. They did not trust the Samaritans. They were the bad people, right? And um, if a Jew was on a, a trip, they would go all the way around Samaria just so they wouldn't have to accidentally bump into a Samaritan. So on this day, Jesus is walking with his disciples, and they're going to Galilee. And to get to Galilee, they have to go through Samaria. And usually they go all the way around, and Jesus says, no, no, I want to go through. And one thing I love about Jesus is he's always, like, tricking people. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not tricking them in the way of, like, oh, I'm going to surprise you. But, like, they just never know what's going to happen next. He's always keeping them on their toes. And, of course, I, I kind of always picture the disciples being a little bit confused by him. <laughs> like, what, yeah. what are we doing now? <laughs> Why? Why are we doing this? And so when he says they want to walk straight through Samaria, they're like, are you sure that's what you want to do today? He's like, yes, I want to go straight through Samaria. So they're walking. Now, there's a tradition that the women go down and receive water from the well. And it's something the women did every single day. And they would usually go in the mornings when it's not so hot. Um, And it became a place where women would, like, chat and tell stories and gossip. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was a time to see your friends and to feel like you fit in. But, you know, there's always, whenever there's women grouping like that and gossiping, there's always people who feel left out. There's always the ones who are the butt of the jokes and the ones that um, that just don't belong. And our friend in the story, she doesn't have a name. I always wish she did. Um, <laughs> she didn't belong. She didn't belong at all. And every time she would go to the well, she would get called names. Um, she would be given looks. She would um, be shunned by the other women. Mm. And so... How isolating. She was so isolated. So isolated. So isolated. And so... Instead of going in the morning when it was cool, because you know it's the desert, so it's hot, she goes in the middle of the day at noon, the hottest time of the day, because she knows that if she goes at noon, no one else will be there. She can go in, she can get her water, she can go home, mm-hmm. and she won't be, she won't have any weird stares, she won't have to feel left out, she can just go. Now, on this day, that's not what happens. She gets there. And there's a man sitting there. She's surprised that there's a man sitting there. And, and she, you know, kind of gets scared and doesn't know what to say to him. And then he looks at her and he starts talking to her. So now we have two problems. One, there's a Jewish man and she knows he's Jewish. And two, he's a man and he's speaking to her. And he says to her, get me some water. 
And she says, well, I can't get you water. The water's so deep, and there's no way I can get this water for you. This well is too deep. And at this point, I think she's thinking he's kind of crazy. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> he, he can't just draw his own water. And then she, he says, the water I have for you is living water. If you drink this water, you'll never thirst again. And, and she thinks he's talking about real water. And she's like, well, I want some of that. I don't want to have to come to this well ever again. Give me all the water you got, man. And, uh, and he says, she says, yes, I'll take that water, please. And he says, okay, go call your husband. And I just picture her in that moment, and her whole face just drops. Mm. And her head goes down, and she thinks, I can't do that. I don't have a husband. And, and she looks up at him, and she says, I don't have a husband. And he says, I know. I know you don't. And then I just picture the look of Jesus' eyes, like, the love that she's never, ever felt in her whole life. Like, it was a, an mm-hmm. all-consuming love. Like, she spent her whole life searching and hoping and wanting for something to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. There's something that needs to fill this emptiness. And that living water is going to be her something, right? But she doesn't know that yet. And she's tried to fill it with husbands and boyfriends and everything she can think of. And nothing mm-hmm. is fulfilling that deep, deep desire. But one look from Jesus and she's just melted, right? She's never mm-hmm. seen that kind of love. She's never seen a love that just loved her for her and not for what she has or what she could give them or to be used in some mm-hmm. way, but just pure sacrificial love. If he, can I pause you? Yeah. So the Lord knew she didn't have a husband, mm-hmm. but yet he still asked her yeah. to go get her husband. Yeah. And that made me think about what we were just talking about with the darkness so that she can say it out loud. Yes. I don't have a husband. And he says, I know. I know. But I love you, and I'm still looking at you, and I see you. Yeah. Because then he says to her, I know you don't have a husband. You've already had five. Yeah. And the man you're living with is not your husband. So to have had five husbands and be living with someone else, I mean, that is, mm-hmm. for Bible standards, that's about as bad as it got, right? Right, yeah. And to have to say those words out loud but I believe that he said it. I think sometimes when we read scripture, we read it very much like, and then blah, 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 blah. And I don't think that's how Jesus spoke. I don't think he mm-hmm. was harsh with her. I think he was just 100% calling out who she really is and showing him her, I created you. I know you. I love you. You're better than this. Mm-hmm. And, and I love you too much to continue to let you stay in this lifestyle. I want to pull you out of it. Mm-hmm. So then she starts to think in her head, could this be him? Mm-hmm. Could this be the yeah. one? People have been talking about this Messiah, and this Messiah has been walking around and healing people. Could this be? No way. Like, can you imagine? No way. There's no way this is the Messiah. (laughs) But the more she talks to him, the more she knows, like, this is him. No one's ever looked at me that way. No one's ever loved me that way. And no one's ever known my whole story and still wanted to spend time with me. How did he know? And the fact that he still wants to be near me. Mm -hmm. And... And I think the same is true for all of us. There's no one that knows our heart more than God does. There's no one that knows the intricacies of our pain, our worries, our anger, our shame, you know, our shame and our guilt like God does. And he desires so deeply to be part of every single one of those things. Mm -hmm. And he wants to just fill us with that living water, that water that will never make us thirsty again. And I love this part of the story. And then he says to her, "Um, but don't tell anybody. He says, yes, I am that Messiah. I'm the one that you've been waiting on. And you have to understand, too, they've been waiting hundreds and hundreds of years for this Messiah to come, and here he is standing in front of her. And he's saying, I invite you into what I have. Even Mm -hmm. though you shouldn't have been part of this, I invite you. I want you. I desire you. I've created you. 
And sorry, I just had a light. Okay, oh, keep going. Yeah, right. keep So she could still even even though she had you know on her fifth. Well, she had five husbands, and she was on mm-hmm. man number six, right? Yeah. She could still recognize him. Oh. So mm-hmm. those mistakes did not make her unworthy. Mm-mm. Like her worthiness is still still one hundred percent there, and she was able to recognize him. Yeah. In that sin. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's even easier for those of us who've lived that life to go, oh, I know. Now mm. I know. I know what he looks like because I've mm-hmm. experienced him. Because I've lived without him, and now I've lived with him, and I don't ever want to go back. Yeah. Um, yeah, but she saw him, and she knew. And then he says to her, now don't tell anybody mm-hmm. that you met me, which I think is so funny because, I mean, once you meet Jesus, you can't keep yeah, it a secret. Right. Like, this ain't happening, Jesus. We're going to tell everybody. <laughs> and so she, like, immediately runs back to town and tells everybody. Yeah. She can't keep it a secret. Typical I girl fashion. I know. Like, what? I'm the same way. Like, I wouldn't have been able to keep it. it a secret either. And then yeah. it says, all these Samaritans came to know the Lord that day because of her and her witness. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things she said is, he knew me. He knew me in a way no one's ever known me. And he loved me in a way that no one's ever mm-hmm. loved me. And he loves you that way too. And if you haven't had that chance to feel his love in that way, mm-hmm. I beg you, go to him. Um, go to confession, go to adoration, sit at his feet, let him gaze upon you, let him just tell you how beautifully and wonderfully made you really are, um, and just yeah. how much he desires you. I want to bring in the disciples in this story, too, yeah. because they they came up to the Lord, they came up to Jesus and saw him talking to her, mm-hmm. and like, what are you doing, yeah. Jesus? We don't talk to them. No, this um, is crazy. It was completely against the customs, all, that, all those things. Um, but Jesus was, they, they were in the, the school of Jesus as they walked alongside him. Right. And not knowing that they were learning these lessons, I think at the time, Mm -hmm. um, but after he died, then they saw how he lived and, and realized this is how we need to, to live. So us as disciples, us as believers walking alongside those who are women at the well, Mm-hmm. Or maybe afraid to share um, what they've been through. I think we should kind of touch on how we can journey with them too, yeah. Um, and what that could look like. Yeah, I think anytime we can just share the love of God, and not even so much in a spoken word, constantly preaching the gospel at people because not everybody's ready for that. Yeah. But just loving him, loving him with your life, loving him with your heart, um, and then loving others the way that he would love them. You mm-hmm. know, just being generous, being kind, not calling out sin, not showing judgment, just because we're never, ever going to be able to convert someone with right. with condemnation. That's right. just not going to be the case. Yeah. But God loves us so much, he doesn't want us to stay in that place. He wants to yeah. pull us out. Yeah. So what about the moments... Um, because in scripture, Jesus does tell us, you know, when, when our brother or sister is sinning to confront them with it. And if mm-hmm. they don't listen, then bring someone with you and then confront them. And when I think of that, but also how to journey alongside someone, I don't think it's a condemning confrontation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, creating a safe place, a safe time to say, mm-hmm. you know, I've been noticing this about you. Can we talk about this? Or, yeah. um, would you like to, to share with me? Like, I want to walk with you through this, you know, just, I, th- I think the key there is relationship. 
Yeah. Like being in relationship with someone and loving them the way that you would want them to love you. Like not just, yeah. you know, constantly encouraging one another and pushing each other on without being judgmental and cynical. Yeah, yeah. Like those definitely. are the, the key pieces there. Definitely. Because judgment leads to shame. And that's definitely, yeah. that's not a fruit of God no. at all. But, and, and I think too, like opening up the door to say, there's so much more. Like God's yeah. mercy is so great and it's just overflowing. Um, this week is the uh, Feast of St. Faustina. Mm-hmm. Kendra has a kid named after her. So <laughs> she likes her a lot. Yes. I like her a lot too. Um, she was a big part of my conversion. And maybe someday I'll tell you my whole St. Faustina story. It's, it's pretty fun. But the big thing about St. Faustina was that Jesus came to her and spoke to her about his mercy. Mm-hmm. And he kept talking about how he just wanted to wash over the world with mercy. And, you know, mercy is forgiveness. It's grace. It's love kind of all rolled into one. And he kept saying, I have this huge ocean of mercy that I want to pour out. But people aren't asking for it. Mm, yeah. He needs us to ask for it. He can't. He doesn't force himself upon us. We have to be open to it. And he might, like, nudge us a little bit, you know, poke you on the shoulder and say, hey, I'm here. But he, we have to go and ask for forgiveness in order to do that. And so I think right now is an interesting time in our country. I know for me, a lot of us haven't been to confession in a long time, mm-hmm. right? Because of pandemic. Right. Like, my kids went to a Catholic school, and we used to go once a month, and I taught there. I haven't been since March. I had a baby. It's mm-hmm. been a long time. Yeah. Haven't been back. And now is a good time to go. If you haven't been back in a long time, if you've never been, if this is, you haven't been since you had your confirmation in 10th grade, he's always just waiting there, ready for you to come back, ready to, to receive you in the confessional and to tell you how much he loves you. There's this image of, um, you know, the divine mercy is St. Faustina's image, right? Jesus asked her to paint this image, to have it painted. And so it's this beautiful picture of blood and water flowing from him. And those are his rays of mercy pouring out on all the world. And there's this beautiful image, and I'll post it on Instagram, of the confessional. And you've got uh, the priest on one side and a man on the other. And then Jesus is standing right over the priest. And the rays of blood and water are pouring over the confessional onto the man. Because that's that mercy that he just desires so much. And he waits for us there. He, He wants to be there with us. And it's not this scary, I mean, sometimes it can feel scary, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not this scary, like, going and telling another man my sins. It's mm-hmm. going and offering it to the Father and letting him hold you close, draw you back in, and tell you, you are forgiven, and you are loved, and you have always been loved. And there's nothing that you could do or say that would ever make me love you any less. But I you want, still need to say sorry. But you still need to say sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You have to you have to be open to that. Right. You have to be open to the forgiveness and to the absolution and to the grace. Yeah. And I used to uh, run confirmation retreats, and there's so many people that go to confession when they're in second grade, and then don't go again until yeah. they're in confirmation. And then I saw women that hadn't gone until they were adults, you know, so they've maybe gone twice in their whole life, and that creates a lot of fear, right? Of yeah. of this unknown. And so we would sit outside. I used to love to sit outside the confessional and watch because the kids would go in. They're, you know, like sophomores in high school, and they were terrified. (laughs) They were, like, shaking. (laughs) They were so stinking scared. And then they would come out, and it looked like they were floating. Yeah. Like there was something tangible had occurred to them inside that room. Yeah. They were so filled with grace 
and with the Holy Spirit. And some of them would come out and like yell, that was amazing, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's more than just speaking to a man. Like there mm-hmm. is an actual tangible real thing that happens inside the Well, theologically, the priest is in Persona mm-hmm. Christi, so he is the person of Christ. Yes. And so there's been so many times whenever, you know, after I spill my guts, um, and, and the priest gives me some wise advice, you know, he, he gets a little, um, I don't know if that there's like a term for that, you know? Um, yeah. but he, he, he just shares a little bit with me. There's so many times whenever he's just speaking to my heart and I know it in Jesus. So I think many times, um, it's hard to tell the difference between God's voice and Satan's voice. Mm-hmm. And not too long ago, Megan, um, when we were out front, we were doing a little book study, um, which by the way, if you're ever looking for a book and, um, there's a man by the name of Carlos Whitaker, he wrote a book called Interwild. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. It's been like the most fun this summer to read yeah, that book. Yeah. <laughs> there's, it's broken up to th- into three parts. And the first part is, um, interrest and just mm. talking about you know, quieting yourself and turning down the volume of life so that you can hear the volume yeah, of God. Being I love still. that analogy. Yes. And then he, t- he takes you through, um, entering, what's the next one? I forget. Enter rest, enter, enter battle, battle, right? Yeah. Enter war. Yeah. I think it's yes. interwar. Entering war. Which so, is all about spiritual battle. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting off the lies of the enemy. Yes. Yes. And, and, and focusing on the truths of God. Um, and then the last section is enter wild. And what is, what is that wild abundance look like for you that God has in store for you? Um, because God has an incredible story, an incredible journey for all of us. And it doesn't mean, you know, we, we can't just look at it and compare it with the eyes of the world on what an incredible journey would look like. But when it's specific to you and we are following his will, mm-hmm. you come alive. Yeah. You are you are woman on fire, mm-hmm. um, just living this abundant, joy filled life. Um, so, anyway, side note: so we were out in the front yard <laughs> doing um, with our neighbors doing this study, and they were just pouring their hearts out so beautifully. And I just kept having these little voices sneak in. Um, anytime I wanted to jump in and contribute to the conversation, um, little lies would jump in, like. Um, you're not worthy, or you don't have anything worth saying right now. Mm-hmm. Um, all these seeds of doubt, and I didn't contribute to the conversation hardly at all because I listened to those stupid mm-hmm. lies of the enemy. <laughs> yeah, and what was funny is I was hearing the same thing mm-hmm. in my head, and how that's not true. It's not true for either one of us that we have nothing to to give to a conversation. Yeah. And what's interesting for me is I hear two things. I hear one, you're not enough. You don't Mm -hmm. have enough to give. And the other thing I hear is you're too much. How could I possibly be not enough and too much at the same time? (laughs) You can't be both. Right. But that's what he does is he'll pick at you in one way. And if that doesn't work, okay, I'm going to change it. I'm going to pick at you again and I'm going to change it. And I talked about in my story a couple of episodes ago, how he sold me some lies and I believed those lies and I allowed them to keep me in the dark Mm -hmm. to not allow, um, any light to shine on these really hurt and broken places for me. Um, because I was so scared and and that's not what we're called to do. So how do we know the difference between what is the voice of God and what is a lie from the enemy? Oh, am I doing this? Okay. (laughs) 
Kendra and I both just stopped and stared at each other like, your turn. Nope. <laughs> your turn. Okay. So I'll tell that. So, okay, there's a really quick, easy way to, to figure out if it's the voice of God or the voice of the enemy because sometimes we are convicted by things, right? There are certain things that we do in our hearts or in our lives that we need to kind of root out things that cause pain to one another or cause pain to ourselves. So how do we know if God's saying, you know what, I really want you to change a little bit in this area, or if it's the devil trying to scare us or distract us. And the two, the difference is God will focus on the behavior. Like, well, you know, this maybe isn't the best behavior for you. And the devil focuses on our personality, our humanity, who we He's are. He's accusative. He's accusative. You are wrong. You are bad. They will never believe you. They yeah. will never understand you. They You're will never love mom. you. You're a bad mom. You're a bad person. You can never be yeah. loved. All worthy. of those accusative statements, mm-hmm. those are those would never be from God. Mm-mm. God speaks through um, peace, through love. He is constantly pushing us towards being a better version of ourselves. <laughs> okay, so what can we do to combat these lies? There's a couple of things you can do. Write them down. Call them out. When you feel a lie creep into your head, name it. That is not from you, God. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, ask, say the name of Jesus. Like sometimes it's so hard to even come up with a whole prayer, and the name of Jesus is a prayer. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. So Jesus, Jesus, I trust in you. Because of the name of Jesus, the devil has to flee. Like Mm -hmm. he cannot stay there in that moment. He has to go. Um, you can say the St. Michael prayer. You can say, you know, guard my heart and my mind, Lord. Like, mm-hmm. I am yours. I do not believe these lies. These lies are of the devil. Call them out. Cover it with prayer. Yeah. In the moment, that's a good thing to do. You can also... You can say well, I was, I was just thinking, um, turning to Mary, too. Yeah. Turning to the mother of Jesus. Um, the book of Genesis um, foreshadows Mary. Mary is a new Eve, right? Mm. And she crushes the head of the serpent. Mm-hmm. And there's so many beautiful images and statues of her like literally crushing the serpent and um, something that I like to do whenever I'm feeling spiritual attack or something like that. Um, I, I, um, in the name of Jesus, claim it and give it a name. So in the name of Jesus, I condemn the spirit of blank. What is it? Is it the spirit of fear? Is it the spirit of distraction? Um, the spirit of illusion as well. There's so many different, different options, unfortunately. Um, and condemn that spirit to the foot of the cross immediately for the Lord Jesus to do with what he desires. And then I turn to Mary, and I and I ask Mary with her, and these are kind of my own words that I think are cheesy, but I say them anyway. Um, <laughs> with her most holy heel, crush the head of the serpent of blank, and I name it. Mm. Um, and and I, every time I pray those prayers, I feel like this sense of peace mm-hmm. wash over. Like it is done. It is finished. It is, it is done. And then you can go back later and if you have some recurring lies, because sometimes the lies are like random and they come out of mm-hmm. nowhere. And the more you start to cast out the lies, the the weirder they get and the louder they get, mm. he starts to kind of flail. Yeah. Um, but if you've got one that's a recurring lie, one that you have believed hook, line, and sinker for far too long, mm-hmm. write it down. Confess it in confession. Say, Lord, I, I didn't trust you in this area. Get rid of it. Like, just leave it alone. And write it down. Rip up that piece of paper. Burn it. Do whatever you have to do. Mm-hmm. And then cover it with some sort of goodness. Like, what is what are the truths? You know, I always tell my kids, we have green thoughts and red thoughts when it comes to anxiety. So the red thought is the lie that anxiety tells them. It's the thing that their brain is tricking them with. And the green thought is the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, to say, like, 
if they're afraid at night, their green thought is, I am in a safe home with a, a family that loves me, and I don't need to worry. And so we can have green thoughts for God, too. Like, this is what God has done for me before. Mm-hmm. This is who he is. Start reading of his goodness, reminding yourself of his goodness. Because once you focus on God's goodness, all that other stuff starts to dissipate. Like, it's just, he doesn't have that hold on us anymore. Um, and just keep pouring into your heart the good things. You can also start going through, like, things you're thankful for. Um, yeah. And that helps to get rid of some of that, too. Yeah, and it doesn't mean, you know, once you write it down or once you take it to confession, that it's going to be gone nope. forever. Yeah. The enemy is going to continue mm-hmm. um, to, to whisper those lies in your ear. But because you've deciphered that that is not of God, mm-hmm. then you are all the more ready, all the more prepared and equipped to fight. Yeah, now you in know. In the name of Jesus. Because the worst thing is when we don't know it's... Yeah. Right. And we believe it. Yeah. So once you figure it out, then you can fight it. Right. And I think bringing it to the light, Mm -hmm. um, instead of trying to figure it out on your own in the Mm -hmm. darkness, bring it to the light by talking about it, talking about it with someone, um, the importance of bringing it to confession, those sorts of things. Um, that also helps you to kind of figure out, okay, is this of God? I mean, I do that with you all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and it's help. it helps to have a fresh pair of eyes or, or ears on the situation, like, uh, Kendra, that's not God at yeah. all. Yeah. All. And while we're talking about that, what does God sound like? Mm. How do we know? How do we know when we hear him? And one of my favorite stories, when I was a new baby, baby, baby Christian, God spoke to me in like a really strong way. And this isn't usually how this works. <laughs> it's not, uh-huh. not very typical. But I was, um, I had just had a baby. I just had Ella, my first and I was part of that retreat that I told you guys about a couple weeks ago. And they were looking for a new leader of this retreat. And I had felt like this call in my heart. And then I kind of ran from it and was like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. I'm, I, just, I just learned about this Jesus man. I'm not ready for this. And I ran away from it. And then they went through the whole process of discerning a new leader. And at the end of the discernment, no one felt called. Every single woman was like, it's not me. Wow. Which I think is huge to be able to be in a room of three people and yeah. say, nope, it's not me. But they all three did. And so then they were scrambling. And there was two weeks before the next retreat started. And they didn't have anybody. And so they called me back and said, well, you had kind of thrown your hat in the ring. Are you still interested? And at this point, I'm teaching. I have a baby. I was like, no, I'm done. Yeah. And um, and God just kept, like, picking up my heart. And there was this scripture that I actually had only heard it in a song because uh-huh. I was such a new Catholic. I didn't know anything about scripture, but I had heard love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. And it was in a song. And I thought, I wonder if that's in the Bible somewhere. And I looked for it and I couldn't find it. So I decided it wasn't <laughs> because that's how dumb I was. And then all of a sudden I start seeing this scripture everywhere I go. Oh, that's awesome. I saw it at our CIA. I saw it in the backyard at my mother-in-law's house. I saw it um, on a cross that I um, was given at my confirmation, I gave it to my sister-in-law on a different cross. It what? was like everywhere I went, this scripture kept popping up. And one day I was in the drive through at Whataburger and I look over and there's a car next to me mm-hmm. and there's writing on the hood of the car. And I'm like, who wrote on the hood of their car? That's dumb. And I pull up and I kid you not, it said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. And I turned on my radio, and the and the song was playing. No way! And I'm like I at the drive-through that. window with the lady, and uh-huh. I still remember her looking at me. And she's like handing me my drink, and I go, "I get it, God, you're trying to tell me something, and I don't know what it is." <laughs> <laughs> she thought I had lost my ever-loving mind. That's so and funny. then I went back and was praying more about this retreat, and I saw that at the top of every page. Wow. And um, and so I really felt obviously God was calling me to that, but He yeah. doesn't usually speak in these big like show-stopping, 
loud yeah. moments. Yeah. But it might be like a little whisper on your heart. Yeah. It might be from a, a trusted friend. Um, it might be that you've been thinking something and then someone says the exact same thing you were thinking. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just our own ideas. Like, yeah. I think we discount our own ideas too yeah. much. You know? I think so too, yeah. And we got to remember that our God is a gentleman, number one, um, but he's also a God of pursuit. Mm-hmm. And he's the Lion of Judah. Yeah. And so he's going to storm in, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and sometimes he does in those grand ways like, like he did with you. Um, but you're right. I think the more that we communicate with him, the more we have relationship with him and talk with him and um, turn down the volume of life so that we can turn up the volume of God Mm -hmm. so we can hear, okay, how are you speaking to me? Yeah. You know? And then when you have those like little moments where something pops up in your mind or on your heart, Mm -hmm. what does it feel like? Does it feel like fear, trepidation, worry, Mm -hmm. shame, or does it feel like peace, joy, maybe a little bit of butterflies in your tummy? Like sometimes I feel that when the Lord is speaking to me, but it's not like a, you're a bad person kind of butterflies, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's how the Lord speaks. And what I just said earlier, Kendra said something to me, and I said, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I love when God puts the same thing on two people's yeah. hearts. Because then there's your confirmation. Yeah. That what you're Sometimes doing whenever right we're in a, in a group or I don't like to speak up in front, you know, mm-hmm. speak out in a group setting um, very much. And when I, I get this rush over me, yes, it's like, oh, man, I got to say that. And sometimes I feel like my heart's going to pound out of my chest yes. if I don't say it out loud. Yes. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give me a second. I know. That <laughs> happens to me too. And then I finally say it and it was like, oh, that did fit in the conversation. Thanks, God. Yeah. Good job. You know? So I think there's so. a lot of like just practicing mm. hearing him, looking yeah. for him, pursuing him, taking note of little moments where he has shown up for you. Yeah. We call them God moments. You know, like where is he? What does he look like? And just remembering him, writing yeah. him down. Go back and read it. Read all the things he's done for you. Because it helps to, to see him in the future. Yeah. And rejoice. Yeah. Rejoice in those moments. Enjoy so, it. Um, the reading from this past Sunday, the second reading, was from the book of Philippians, chapter 4. And it starts like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So double time. Yeah. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. rejoice. Um, let all men know your forbearance. The Lord is at hand. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. So out of the darkness mm-hmm. into the light. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah. That scripture changed my life. Mm. Um, I, I saw it said, worry about nothing. Instead, tell him everything. Mm-hmm. Tell him everything. And then rejoice. Rejoice when you don't even see a reason to rejoice. Yeah. Tell him everything. And then the peace that surpasses all understanding, peace that makes no sense to our little human minds mm-hmm. will guard our hearts and minds mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus. Like yeah. that's a strong statement. And I've seen it happen in my life. There was a time where I was um, pretty anxiety ridden and I just practiced that like worry about nothing instead tell him everything. And of course, mm-hmm. if you have real anxiety, that's not going to be enough for you. Just like it was enough for my kids. But for these little lies and these little worries that pop into mm-hmm. our hearts, we can offer it to him and then accept that his peace will come. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, you just mentioning that maybe that's not enough for you. It doesn't mean you're a lost cause. No. You know, um, counseling is so powerful and mm-hmm. so helpful. A great tool to help decipher those thoughts and, and to help walk you through um, maybe things that you've experienced in the past that you may not have processed properly. Um, mm-hmm. 
things like that. So and spiritual so, direction too. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're you're yeah you're not lost for okay. sure or forgotten. Okay, I want to tell you one more little story and then we're gonna be yeah. done. Okay. <laughs> Kendra's like, I have no idea what Megan's gonna say next. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll <Yee>. see. <laughs> so, um, so this podcast is called His Beloved, and our ministry is called His Beloved, mm. and there's a reason why. Um, what does it mean to be the beloved? Like, do you ever think of yourself as the beloved? Do you know how truly loved and cared for you are? And so a while back, you know, I told you I didn't know a whole lot about scripture. And so when I started reading scripture, it was all pretty new to me. And I kind of just fell in love with it and went crazy reading it. And I started reading about John the beloved, John the beloved disciple, the disciple that Jesus loved. And I thought, man, this John, he must have been like really cool. Because, (laughs) well, I just thought he was like, like Jesus loved him. Like everybody calls him the one that Jesus loved. Mm -hmm. He must've been like really special. And then I realized that John wrote that whole gospel (laughs) about himself. Like he wrote that. He called himself the beloved. And then I thought, man, this guy, he really likes himself. (laughs) But I don't think it's either one of those things. What it is, is that John knew he knew his belovedness. He knew he'd seen the look in Jesus' eye. Mm-hmm. He had seen the way he was treated by him. He had seen the way he was known and the way he was loved. Mm-hmm. And so he was the one that Jesus loved. He's the one that laid on his chest at the Last Supper mm-hmm. and called himself his beloved. And we're his beloved too. And John never for a second said, I'm the beloved and Peter's not. Like he knew that there was room at the table for everyone. We are all called to be the beloved. And he was just better at owning it. So if you take anything from this long podcast today, there's a couple of things I want you to take from it. One, you are the beloved. Mm -hmm. He loves you. There's nothing you could ever do or ever say that would tear you away from his love forever. He's just waiting for you to turn around and come back to him. Mm-hmm. And that's for those of us who live in relationship with him every day and those of us who haven't had a relationship with him ever or in the last 10 years. We're all called to turn back around every single day and come back to him mm-hmm. and ask for forgiveness and receive his grace and receive his mercy and not push it away. Let him love you. And let him love you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And step into your belovedness. Step Own into it. it. Oh, not beloved. I am the beloved. I want to be called Megan, the one who Jesus loves. <laughs> that, that's who I want to be, you know? Yeah. So yeah. thank you. That's good. That's beautiful. We hope that this has blessed you um, in deep ways. And we pray that as you journey forth from listening to this podcast, that you um, really take time to contemplate what needs to be brought forth to the light and bring it there. Allow the Lord in. Allow a friend to journey with you. Um, Don't go alone. We're here for you, too. Yeah. Always reach out if you want to talk to us or need us. Yeah. We're here. So in closing, Megan, what is God doing in your heart? Oh, my goodness. This whole podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I know. All of today is what God's doing in my heart. Yeah. Um, I think I kind of said this on another podcast, but just... I keep feeling this nudge of contact this person, mm. say this to this person. Mm-hmm. And then I do. And something amazing happens. It happened again yesterday. Yeah. And I ended up meeting a woman that God wanted me to meet her, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and then just really following the Holy spirit. When I feel that little nudge, not shying away from it, mm-hmm. stepping into it. I love that. Yeah. That's good. How about you? Um, man, 
He has shown up as the Lion of Judah for me in these mm. past few days. Um, before this podcast, I really before any podcast, we feel some sort of spiritual attack. <laughs> Something mm-hmm. happens. And that happened for me. Um, we were supposed to record this podcast yesterday. And God showed up as a Lion of Judah. And like I saw his might. I saw his, um, his fierce love. Mm. And how he, he goes to fight for me in a beautiful way. Yeah. So I'm very grateful, very grateful that we have such a tender, loving God um, that has laid down his life for us. Mm. So good. He has. And, and every time we get one of those spiritual attacks, we say, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to keep moving forward. We're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is where God wants us to be. And he mm-hmm. has just continues to show us. This is my desire for these women. This is my desire yeah. for this podcast. Yeah. So he is, he's moving through us because he wants to reach your heart mm-hmm. right now. It has nothing to do with us. It's all yeah. about you. <laughs> yeah. Your heart is precious. Yeah. So with that, adieu. Yeah. So next week, for real this time, <laughs> Catherine Whitaker. Yeah. You will actually <laughs> get to hear from Catherine Whitaker. She's wonderful. So keep praying for us in this podcast and we're praying for you. Yeah. All right. Bye guys. Bye.